The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. the Barca Blogronis podcast. My name is Josh. Today I have a very special guest, Danny Penza, the blogger in chief for Black, White, and Read All Over, the SB Nation Juventus podcast. We talk about a variety of things. We um, talk about the uh, Pianich reported move to Barcelona with Arthur going in return. Uh, we then kind of transition on to talk about Juventus. They're a fascinating club right now. We talk about kind of the Ronaldo experience, how the club has handled COVID-19, a Pogba return, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Here is Danny Penza. All right, everyone, I'm joined by Danny Penza, the blogger-in-chief of Black, White, and Read All Over, um, SB Nation's Juventus blog. Uh, they recently started their podcast, The Old Lady Speaks, so be sure to go check that out for all the Juventus news. Uh, Danny, you guys certainly picked an interesting time to launch a podcast. We did. We, we had uh, nothing going on, so we figured might as well, when everybody else is thirsty for content, we might as well give them a little content. There you go. So um, we had you on to talk about kind of the the relationship between Barcelona and Juventus and kind of the recent developments um, with Pjanic and the Arthur swap that um, is rumored to be happening. So I know from the Barcelona side, like the the reports kind of coming out of Spain, at least from what I read today, uh, is that kind of Pjanic is still... And, and by the way, am I, am I pronouncing that right? Is it Pianich? Yeah, correct. Okay, cool. Um, usually I, I mean, swing we, and wave. We hear, we hear so many different pronunciations of, of names with the host of Serie A broadcasters. So we get Pianich, we get Pianich, we get Pianich. It, it's just, it's, uh, yeah. It's all over but, the place. Uh, Pianich is, as far as I know, I've got a few uh, Balkan friends. So that's that's the, what they seem to go with. So that's what I'll go with. Oh, there you go. Um, so from what I was seeing from the Barcelona side, like it's kind of a, the quote today was like Pianich, no matter what, um, trying to make that happen. And I know Arthur's holdup was that he didn't necessarily want to leave Barcelona. I don't think they necessarily care all that much. They're going to try to get it done. What are you guys hearing and kind of what is the thought process behind that transfer? And are you for it or against it? Um, I think at this point, it seems that Pjanic is more on the outs and sticking around for whenever the heck next season actually starts. Um, from my understanding is that it's kind of more on Arthur's deciding what he wants to do more than Pianich's side. Um, you know, you hear different swap deals and obviously Juventus's uh, chief football officer, which is equivalent to their sporting director, uh, Fabio Paratici threw out a few weeks back that uh, swap deals are going to be super prevalent this this offseason and transfers are going to be centered around swap deals and that 
in Italy's that which is in Italy's press that was just the kindling that they needed to be like oh look at all these shiny transfer rumors we can come up now so um yeah it's it, it's definitely one of those things where you know the the Arthur Pianich thing has been the center of it but then you kind of have different branches of it different kind of different takes on it we've heard Mattia De Ciglio might be involved some way um which Barca going after a very average fullback doesn't very doesn't really seem like Barca that I know so um it's one of those things where Pjanic, as much as I love him, he's he's had a really tough time adapting to Mauricio Sarri's tactics, even though you would think he would be perfect for Mauricio Sarri's tactics. He's a player that, if not managed right, really wears down quickly, and he's amongst Juve's most played players this season. So, um, And we've seen Rodrigo Bentancourt really emerge this season in Juve's midfield, the much maligned midfield. So um, there's so many different factors to whether Pjanic actually stays or if he goes. And I, I am so confused with all the possible swap deals going on. I have no idea what to write anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. So <laughs> I guess somebody for, can feel my pain. <laughs> so for someone who doesn't, uh, who doesn't get to see Pianich play all that much before the season was suspended, kind of, you mentioned he was a little bit on the outs. I think how, how has he looked like is Barcelona? Are they moving for a player that's kind of been on the outs for a good reason? Or is it just kind of a relationship problem? I, I mean, he, his form was bad. I, it was, um, one of those things where, you know, the last time we saw Juventus play against Inter in an empty uh, stadium in Turin, um, it, Pjanic was on the bench and he wasn't, you know, that that's kind of what's also added a little bit of fuel to the, to the fire is like, you know, Bentancur has really played well as a regista when given the opportunity. And yeah, it's only been a couple games, but um you know, he's he's really taken advantage of that opportunity. And in the past, Bentoncourt has said that's where he likes to play. So it makes sense that, you know, even though he's really succeeded wherever he's played this season, he's kind of been the, the Swiss Army knife just playing a, a few different midfield spots. But, um, you know, that, that's been like, okay, if, if Bentoncourt can play there, then that means Pjanic might be able to go. And... Um, you, a lot of Juventus's other transfer rumors have involved midfielders like Sandro Tonali. He's, you know, obviously been dubbed the next Pirlo mainly because they look alike. But, um, you know, he he can also play as a deep lying kind of midfielder. So, you know, it it, it might be just you know Pianish's time at the club is up and his poor form this season and failure to really settle into Saudi's system has just really kind of made this the the right time for him to to go elsewhere and i think just you know as as good as a player as he is when he's on he just really hasn't been on since september and unfortunately with all the problems that juve's midfield has had the last couple of years when pianich isn't pianich they just they can't do what they're trying to do 
Yeah, and so one of the other rumors that was out, I, I think like a week ago, y'all wrote about this was um, a Chelsea swap with Jorginho. If yep. you had to, if you had to pick one between um, Arthur or Jorginho, who would you pick? Full disclosure, I'm not too familiar with Arthur, so I don't. I might turn it back to you and be mm-hmm. like, "Hey, give me the give me the Cliff Notes scouting report on Arthur, so I can <laughs> so I can tell that to people." But I mean, Jorginho, obviously, he's he's thrived under Sari already. He's familiar in Italy. He would definitely be more of a just plug and play kind of player. Um, and so in in that aspect, you know, there's whenever Juve sign a player, and I'm sure it's the same for you guys in Spain, there's always kind of the question of how long will it really take them to adapt to Italy? And we've seen some Juve signings lately really just hit the ground running. And then we've seen others really just kind of struggle. Like you look at Delic this season, you know, obviously he's coming in, stepping in for Chiellini after he busted up his knee, but you know, there were a few months there where he wasn't looking like the delict you saw in those knockout rounds of the Champions League with Ajax. He was he was struggling, and and so you know, Jorginho obviously he's been in England for a few years, but you know just that that comfort level in Italy and with Sarri alone has me kind of leaning towards towards him. So. Yeah, I, I think from you know, if I were to put myself in your shoes, I think I would also want Jorginho, frankly. Um, like you said, because he's proven himself in Syria already, and you're not going to be left to guess whether or not um, Arthur can adapt to that sort of play style. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's kind of really all I wanted to talk about for the Barcelona stuff. I have a bunch of Juventus questions for you. So, yeah, uh, is this Pogba return thing like real, or is this like a kind of Neymar to Barcelona, like we're <laughs> bored, let's just make it happen kind of thing? I think there's there's some semblance to it, and I think before coronavirus happened, it was definitely possible. Now, three months after the fact, with all of the economic hits that clubs have taken especially you know the top clubs knowing that they don't have the match day revenue of you know 40 50,000 in fans in Juventus's case stuffing into their stadium each day they don't have Champions League money right away um Pogba coming back I I don't know <laughs> I really don't know um you know you hear rumored fees of what Manchester United want and obviously you know there's also the player swap deal surprise surprise so I think maybe in February it was definitely a possibility now that we're you know heading towards late May not I I really don't know um I don't think so um I'd honestly kind of like with the Ronaldo move you you'd almost like to like to see what they could do and the money they'd spend for one player to see if they can get it into two or three players to see if that sum is better than one hole of Pogba so so where was the Pogba money going to be coming from that's that's the thing I I have no idea um you know you you hear that United want at least like 80 million euros which in this economy isn't yeah (laughs) isn't so plausible so so I, I really have no idea if if they're thinking 
that splashing 80 million euros without any players being included is possible or if united want really do want what juve could offer them because you know you're you're talking about like douglas costa or adrian rabio and it's like well okay you've got a disappointing signing after one year who's on a high salary or a oft injured winger who is around 30 years old yeah i don't know when i saw that stuff i think the first thing i thought of was um like i don't know like you said, I, I couldn't really think of the player that they would get rid of to like make that sort of move happen. And even if they did, it, I feel like it would have to be multiple players. And like you said, in this economy of swap deals, there's just that just doesn't seem realistic. Um, and even beforehand, I, I guess like you brought up Ronaldo, I did want to talk a bit about him. Um, were you all in? You're, on the, familiar, you're familiar with him, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were you all in on the Ronaldo experience when it first like when it first came about? Ooh, that is a layered and I want you <laughs> to be honest question. um I mean it it's it's such an interesting thing because I've never been a Ronaldo fan and even and we talked about this on our most recent recent podcast episode um just how his arrival has kind of accelerated the expectation level and maybe those expectations aren't where they should be because you look at what Juve's attack was before, you know, Paulo Dybala and Gonzalo Higuain were humming along pretty well together. And then you bring Ronaldo into the mix and it's just, you know, as we discussed, you have a chance to sign Ronaldo, you sign Ronaldo, you know, personal feelings aside, I totally get why Juventus did it. But um, you, you wonder what not only they could have done with that, transfer money but also the salary that he's on um because that's at least what 100 and i mean he's he's making as we you know we we prefer salary net so he's on 30 million euros net each year after taxes and i mean it's it's just a ridiculous amount of money that you think if juve went more on the um investing on maybe say some younger players who can really start to kind of grow up at the club these lot these these last two years um and just that that screaming abyss that is the um the struggles of the midfield even with really good players in it it just it hasn't been addressed to the level that they need it where you, when you've got star players in attack you've got star players in defense and the midfield is just kind of there so um I totally get why they signed Ronaldo, even though I don't really all that much like Ronaldo, even though he's on my favorite team now. And I think that, you know, at, at some point, Juve is going to have to be like, okay, is this Ronaldo thing really, you know, social media posts and likes and all that? stuff stuff aside being like what you know was this was this a win because we're we were winning Syria without him and now it's kind of like if we're you know who knows what's going to happen with this year's Champions League but if it doesn't result in a serious Champions League run what's you know what was what was the final product here yeah 
And I mean, I mean, you mentioned winning Serie A. Like, I mean, you were making Champions League finals without him, and so yeah, I I won't I won't mention any of those Champions League finals because yeah. <laughs> those are selective <laughs> selectively right. been plucked out of my brain, scrubbed from the brain. Um, has he robbed? Because I mean, at least for me as as an outsider, right? Like Juventus is one of those teams mm-hmm. that I think. Um, you just admire as a football fan, like you, you like to watch them, um, the tradition, the history. Has he tarnished that for you at all? I think, and just from the outsider's perspective, right? Like, I don't think he necessarily tarnished it for me, but it was such a weird um, marriage of kind of the the things that Juventus represents and the things that Ronaldo represents. And I'm not saying either one of them is right or wrong. I'm just saying I, I, they're in conflict with each other in some ways. Um, yeah. And like you said, there's like, there's two players in the world that you pretty much would drop everything for me, you know, maybe three, I guess if you include Neymar in that and Ronaldo is one of them. And so, um, like you said, get the move, understand why they did it. Have those two things clashed in your mind? Has it tarnished kind of the way you view things? Um, I, it, there's, there's so much that comes with Ronaldo. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, the, the, and I mean, I don't want to get too much into the off the field stuff because that, that could be a whole nother, you know, hour long podcast on top of it. But, you know, we, we discussed his, his Juve lost their identity now. And, you know, you look at the beginning of the Scudetto run where, you know, you had the, the, you know, that was Del Piero's last year with the club and Buffon was still Buffon and, you know, Chiellini was in his prime and, and, you know, you had a really strong Italian core, which diehard Juve fans really just love, you know, when, when Juve is, um, so Italian, that's kind of like the, the prototypical Juventus you think of. And I think, you know, just as a side note, that's kind of why I like Juve's women's team so much is because you looked at what the women's world, the Italy world, women's world cup team had, and they, there were just Juventus players all over the place. I mean, they could roll out eight or nine Juve players in the starting lineup any given time last summer. And I was like, hell yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my team. And, and so when you look at um, Juve now, there are only a few Italians each each starting lineup and it just it just looks weird you know almost like a like a club in england where not so many english players are playing in in england so um as much as i think ronaldo has helped um obviously the brand of juventus and the reach of juventus you know it's just one of those things where i'm torn whether he's really majorly improve the on-field product. Um, and it's just weird that, you know, they they went out and signed a coach like Sari, who has known for his system taking a while to really set in, where there's such a, you know, this, this Ronaldo window isn't going to last forever. And, um, you know, you, you, we really don't know how long he can truly be Ronaldo anymore. I mean, you know, beginning of this season it was like oh he hasn't scored many goals and you know and it's october and then all of a sudden he just explodes and it's like all right ronaldo's back that's fine you know every, everything's everything's cool again so you don't you know you, you don't like to to question the guy but at the same time it's like when is when is he when is father time gonna 
take over and he, he's going to stop, you know, being just a complete cyborg. Yeah, that's a good point. And so I, would you sell high right now? I think there might be a revolt if, <laughs> from a lot of Juventus fans if, if they sell Ronaldo. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know with really? how much they, I don't know if, if how much they've invested already in him. If it's just like, okay, we've, and I, I wrote it when they first signed him. It's like they've gone all in already, just bringing him, bringing everything that comes with him. And obviously that means a lot more trolls in my Twitter mentions. But, um, you know, it, they, I would be surprised if he doesn't see out the, the last couple of years of this contract. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't, you know, you hear a rumor every now and then that, oh, he might be looking at MLS or he might be looking at, you know, a move somewhere else. But I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it's so, <laughs> yeah. when the, when, the, you know, when the, first, when the rumors first started, it, it was reported by one of the least reliable Italian papers. And I was just like, ha ha, Juventus got linked with Ronaldo. Okay, guys, we'll, you know, talk to me in a couple of days. And all of a sudden you look up that next weekend and Juve's president is drinking some champagne with Ronaldo in Greece. So it's like, well, well who's got egg on their face now? So when I would watch um, Real Madrid kind of as like a, as a neutral, he, there was something about him that felt inevitable. Does he still bring that um, that same inevitable feeling of like yeah like whatever hole you're in but but yeah there's Ronaldo like does he still feel that way? I think we can ask our friends at uh, the Atletico Madrid blog if there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was that's a cheap shot. Uh, that was a cheap uh, shot. Yeah, I I I think so. Um, he's he's bailed Juve out quite a few times this season. And I mean, there was a stretch from, you know, end of October until really a couple of weeks before the shutdown happened that Juve's form as a team was just crap. And you know, a lot of the time, not only was it surprising that the defense was shaky, it was just that an attack with Ronaldo, Iguain, Dybala, Sometimes Douglas Costa um, throw um, Bernardeschi in there as well. That they really couldn't do much, and it was as a result of a single moment or a single play that that bailed them out. And so, um, you know, Ronaldo had a had a few of those. So um, he's definitely still got that factor where he can just put the team on his back and be like, all right, guys, I've got this. We're going to, we're going to win today. And it's going to be because of me. So um, from that standpoint, he hasn't, he hasn't dipped off. There's still that, you know, that superhuman kind of factor. Um, But like I said, you know, it's just a matter of his age is getting, you know, closer and closer to his late thirties. And, um, but he, he, he's looking like he's, a lot like Buffon was a few years back where age really doesn't matter. And I'm not saying Buffon is terrible by any means now. So, um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's still kind of 
miraculous to see that he can he can do that stuff even though he's got such a reputation for doing it going back shoot what almost two decades now yeah so i will save you the detailed um coronavirus talk but (laughs) i guess what what i wonder is how have you perceived juventus like in their in the club's reaction to everything with how they because i know at first syria was a mess with how they were handling things um Mm. but how did you view how juventus handled things as a club and how they're still handling things as a club juventus uh even though they're the leading club in italy in terms of recognition and uh the standings and everything, and they're the eight-time defending champions. They've been surprisingly quiet. And for Italy, somebody, especially a club president or something, being quiet is uh, pretty noticeable. So, um, yeah, I I, I think um, Andrea Agnelli has really just kind of let things play out while others have done talking in the press. Um, you know, players are obviously back at the team's facility training in small groups now the last couple of days. And, you know, you see them taking all the precautions that you would hope for. Um, but I think, you know, it's been they've really played it close to the vest after, you know, those first couple of players came out positive with COVID-19. So, um, you know, they were very quick to act in terms of after uh, Matuidi and Rugani were um, diagnosed with it. Um, Matuidi being asymptomatic, so that obviously was even more of a case to put everybody on lockdown. And they put, I think, over 100 staff and club and players in quarantine immediately so um they acted the way you would hope they would react there and we really haven't heard much from the management other than a few interviews with paratici about the transfer market so you know it's been relatively quiet in terms of juventus's side of the equation while you've got other club owners in Italy being kind of the ones to pop off and talk with the media and, and, and really kind of give their opinions as to whether they want the season to continue or not. Yeah. And uh, I think the way that you described Juventus is probably how uh, most clubs should have reacted. Um, and, uh, and we saw a smattering of different reactions across the board. So, um, Danny, I appreciate you joining me. Be sure to check out the Old Lady Speaks podcast. I'm going to put that in the, um, in the blog post with, um, with our podcast just so you guys can go check that out. And uh, we'll have to have you on in the future when um, Juventus inevitably uh, make it to the Champions League final and lose to Barcelona. So, appreciate oh, you coming on. On the way, on the way out, you're going to do me like that? Yeah, I know. That was a dirty cheap shot. Well, I thought you were going to say when there's about 15 more other uh, player swap deals being rumored, but hey, well, hey, you went for two, you went for the f- still fresh wounds of 2015. Hey, I'm linking the podcast. You know, I can go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Appreciate it.